Earthlings, we have now taken over your radio. Kobe! Oh man, oh man. Get that Celtic ass! What up, y'all? This is Game of Runs, quarantine edition. Here on, actually, you know what? We're recording before our live show, so this can actually be on UMFM tonight. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, we're here, Neil Noonan, Siraj Kanda. How are you doing, man? Hey, the powers of technology. Big shout-outs, Craig. Big shout-outs, Discord. Big shout-outs, technology, allowing the brand to continue uh, remotely. And uh, you know what? I'm doing okay. It's, it's sunny out. That's really all you could ask for right now. I'm uh, currently uh, putting one of my uh, one of my snake plants through a little sun bath, you know, uh, potted it up with some, you know, new cactus mix soil and uh, about to give it a good old monthly watering, you know, uh, to take care of the succulents and everything. And, um, you know, start the day off, go for a walk. Uh, I, we were just talking about it a bit before, you know, you went for a walk in the morning. It felt good. It's nice out. Might go grab a, maybe a cappuccino. I'm I'm really severely missing milk-based caffeinated drinks because you don't have it anymore. So I might, might go for a cappuccino later. So it's 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 been a decent, nice, wholesome start to the day. Matt, I don't even know where to start with that. First, I don't even know if you were talking about real life or your Animal Crossing plants. <laughs> I, I actually have no idea if you were talking about real ones or not. Um, you know, thank second, you. Thank you. First of all, thank you for reminding me because I do still have to water my garden in Animal Crossing. Yeah, of course you do. <laughs> okay, so you were talking about real plants. Yes. Oh, man. Uh, second, you've got me onto the oat milk craze, and uh, that is going in my like early afternoon iced coffee every single day. That stuff is delicious. Cheers to that, bro. Very good. So good. So good. Uh, our friend bought... Uh, race a uh basically a cold brew thing that's that we're using all the time now so it's it's kind of become like a morning hot coffee and then like uh maybe around 11 or noon uh iced coffee and uh, the oat milk has been just a revelation in those that's drinks a beautiful that's a beautiful routine my man hot coffee to start the day and then uh to cool off you know that mid that mid lunch almost sort of range you know just just chill out for a bit. Iced coffee is like a perfect, you know, kind of fruity floral finish to that. So very, very good uh, coffee routine, my man, in these uh, trying times. Is it a Chemex? Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Chemex every morning for sure. But uh, the iced coffee thing is more or less just uh, you just put some big rounds in, let it soak overnight and then uh, or steep overnight, whatever you want to say. And you got cold brew the next day. So it's a pretty oh, simple nice. operation, but uh, but delicious. And yes, super nice to have uh, with the days like today with the weather. Uh, we obviously got to talk about this door and dock. We're four episodes in now. Let's let's start with a big 30,000 foot kind of first thoughts on uh, these first four episodes. Uh, how are you feeling about the whole Jordan dock? I'm feeling good about it in terms that it's it's a much needed basketball content right now and I and I don't want to sound like I know everything about the Bulls or basketball really, even though even though I do uh no I'm just kidding. uh but like I grew up 
with my brother being a Bulls fan, and obviously we've we've read a fair amount of basketball books, we've consumed a fair amount of basketball podcasts. There hasn't been an extremely uh, groundbreaking moment of things that I that we didn't know already. Um, the 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 things that stood out the most were the very candid uh, trash talking by Michael Jordan. That that was like when I saw them, like oh oh man, he's really spicy in person. Um, other than that, just I feel like we've kind of gone over everything. Um, it was nice getting a bit of an insider knowledge on uh, when Phil Jackson took over, like Doug Collins kind of like saw it coming. He foresaw what was happening. Um, I love Doug Collins, man. He's the man. I was trying to explain to Rasa last night how Doug Collins is just universally, universally loved in uh basketball community. Yeah, he's he's honestly the man. Um, coached the Sixers as well when they were doing all right. Um, he he's just like such a kind soul and an emotional person. And you see it, you see a bit like how invested he was. How MJ basically said like, you know, they were like this, and uh, it, that was really cool to see. Other than that, th- there hasn't been anything groundbreaking, but it's been such an appealing watch, and um. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very content with what's happening so far. Apparently, because episodes five, six, seven um, touch on a lot more. How about you? Yeah, I think, I think, I think the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I feel like I coming into this, I knew the big beats of Jordan's story, and with that, the, the Bulls. Like, I think something that I learned fairly quickly within the first few episodes is that. This is as much as this is a Michael Jordan story. This is the Bulls story. And I think something that I didn't like really understand was just how finite this run was and how everybody went into this season knowing it was literally, as spoken by a few people at different times, the last dance. I don't think I understood that um, growing up. I don't think I understood the. the everything around that um even a couple weeks ago so it is kind of neat to see this all kind of unfold and another thing is just the timeline they're working with right like they're they're really doing i think they're doing a great job kind of going back and forth ebbing and flowing through the main characters uh careers as a whole while also trying to tell the story of this one final season, which is, which is not easy. Like they're constantly kind of going back to the present, which is 1998. And then the past, um, the, the first three championships and the main characters of the story with Pip and Rodman and Phil Jackson. So like, it's, it's not an easy thing they're trying to do, but I think four episodes through, uh, they've done a really good job with the timeline. Yeah. You know what? That's one of the strengths of, uh, the producer, and I'm sorry, the producer's name is actually, I'm drawing a blank on it, but um, he did the Andre, uh, the giant documentary, and he also did well on that, where it's like, he's very good at jumping timelines. And um, the production style has been really good in terms of that. It, like, you see a timeline, and it helps move you to another part. And uh, they did a great job setting up at, at least the most notable characters, right? Like, they set up Dennis Rodman, they set up Scottie Pippen, and they set up MJ uh, with their backstories now in these first four episodes. And 
from there, like, uh, are we going to see the fill out of role players? Are we going to see the fill out of um, extra appendages that are not on the team, but kind of follow the team? Like we had a couple like classic Chicago media members in there. Um, on, on, on top of all that, the production style, um, aside from the timeline, um, a couple people already touched on this, but like getting reactions of MJ watching other like other documentary footage that they're going to use that is amazing like getting real on the spot michael jordan reaction is um so valuable and just it, it's a it's beautiful candidness that we don't that we don't get from a guy of mj stature right like lebron james is a very different lebron james is super media trained and um he can't afford in his current career point to be as candid as as he as he would like to be right um or as anyone would like you know hope for him to be uh mj mj has pretty much no filter he, he definitely still like reserves some things but um to have a candid mj and kind of like get his on the spot reactions and and uh his honest thoughts on things and balancing it between the other people i, I thought it was really well put together yeah, I think uh, Jason Hare, I believe, is his name. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, I think that trick, that's something, hey, I'm going to steal in my line of work as well. I, I think that's an incredible strategy to just get reactions from people that you're interviewing about something specific. Like, let them watch it. Let them hear it. Uh, I thought that, that some of the best clips, honestly, through the first four episodes have been strictly from that strategy of giving anybody a tablet or a phone and say, hey, watch this. <laughs> Listen to what Isaiah said or whatever it may be. Um, yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a, an awesome tactic. And I <laughs> honestly God, hope they just continue to do it episode after episode. Uh, I love the Isaiah Thomas stuff uh, this past episode. So I was good. curious to see like how much they would really stick on their different opponents. And I mean, we've seen in the bad boys doc that they were a huge part of the bulls kind of uh, transcendence into success, right? Like they were the roadblock for four or five years. So I am glad that there is more or less an episode about that. And they tied the Rodman thing into it really well. Again, just kind of going back to how they're tying things together and how they're weaving storylines in and out with different timelines. Uh, having the Rodman and the the Pistons episode kind of all in one, uh, I thought was uh, really, really interesting. But uh, Ryan Masillo said this with Bill Simmons on the podcast uh, they released last night, I guess, uh, about these two episodes. And he, he brought up a really good point that I hadn't really thought of. And maybe this is just because of my age uh, growing up in the 90s. But the Rodman stuff, he was, Rosillo was kind of saying that, like, everything's been said, you know, and it's kind of the same old shtick. Like, I, people don't understand me. I, I'm crazy. I'm going to do what I want kind of thing. And uh, I remember hearing about this Vegas story, and I remember hearing about different antics like that. What did you think of Rodman going in to, to this? And were you more or less happy with the way that they they told his story in uh, episode three um i there's a lot to relate like i i feel as if dennis rodman is one of the more relatable ones as weird as that sounds because he's so obscure and i guess abstract avant-garde maybe a hipster in today's terms um 
but like he he's extremely i think he was a late bloomer right like isaiah thomas touched on it that he was a very naive innocent sort of guy coming in um i think he lived a very simple life um and i'm not doing that to you know demean or belittle what he kind of went through uh obviously he was kicked out at a very young age and he was homeless but um and i don't know what i got from that was that he was living and especially like what he told john sally and what john sally uh mentioned that like you know he would cook his food outside and then just look up at the stars it was kind of very poetic how like he was just so good at basketball that he got like he brought himself into a different world and then I, I guess for lack of a better term corrupted himself or got corrupted and um kind of bloomed into i think i think kendrick lamar said it best anti-social extrovert or uh, he, he's it seems like he's an introvert but he expressed himself um at least looks wise and you know antics wise like an extrovert um and i think that's why he's extremely misunderstood like he's he didn't figure out the things he liked and enjoyed and he didn't have these freedoms until way later in life like when he was 22 23 and that's something i could relate to that's something a lot of people could relate to um and i like that they kind of touched on that where like he didn't get his bad antics and his like you know his dirty style of play until detroit because detroit was a tough dirty team and uh i'm not putting this directly on the bad boys pistons but like the new life being in the nba kind of changed who he is and it was really cool to see that transformation and i like that they touched on the madonna carmen electra he has quite the uh quite the quite the career history um in terms of like partners and everything and that's that was extremely fun to uh fun to go over i i I did enjoy how they covered it but they kind of made him seem a little bit simple and then you know a little bit corrupt and extravagant um but i'm excited to see what happens next because there's a very famous wrestling moment in 1998 that's going to be coming up so uh, I, I don't think we're done. We're obviously not done. It's the last dance. Um, but I don't think we're done with the Dennis Rodman antics, which is uh, the best is yet to come, in my opinion. Yeah, looking forward, I was trying to plot this out in my head as well, because in a very simple way, the first four episodes were episode one, Michael Jordan, episode two, Scottie Pippen, episode three, Dennis Rodman, and episode four, Phil Jackson. And I mean, each each of those episodes kind of spilled into the other. But looking forward, having six episodes left, do you think they're going to go over it like a championship run kind of every episode? Do you think I, I've heard Bill Simmons say that it's a lo- it's a lot more about the 1998 season uh, going forward? I'm really kind of curious to see how how they tell this story in these last six episodes, what they spend time on. Is it really going to be present focus in 98? Or are they going to continue to tell the backstories of it? Like is Kukoc going to get an episode, you know, Steve Kerr, those kind of guys, uh, Ron Harper coming over. Um, I mean, there's all these kind of auxiliary characters that I'm not sure how much are actually part of the story, you know, going forward. Uh, something that Racy keeps bringing up, which is a really good question that I even have a tough time 
uh, trying to explain to her is like, why did the best player in the world retire after winning three championships in a row? You know, like that it's in such a simple question. It's, it's really exciting to think about how they're going to wrap that up at the end. And if we're going to get anything new from Michael about really why he retired at that point. If this happened in 2020, would Jerry Krause be light years ahead? Yeah, right. <laughs> that's a uh, that's a good question. I, I, it's a genuine question too, because it, it I don't know. You're kind of pushing your luck going for championship number seven. Um, it just seems like he was a bit of a forward thinker, and he didn't communicate it correctly, and he was also. Uh, a bit of a dickhead and he didn't communicate with his team correctly. Yeah. And uh, it, it's crazy thinking about breaking up a team, winning three championships, but they're really kind of putting it on him having that for lack of a better term, like that little man syndrome, right? Like he was the one that wanted credit and he wanted to get a new coach, even though, he was a big part of Phil Jackson getting that head coaching job, um, just wanting more control. It's it's really interesting. And it, it it's I mean, it's too bad in, in a bunch of different ways that uh, that Jerry's passed, because like hearing from him uh, at this point, this this far removed, I would uh, be very curious to hear what he thinks of what everyone else is saying about him. Yeah, you know, I, I'm really I'm really curious how people are going to leave this um, thinking about Jerry Krause. Like, is he is he getting a fair shake posthumously? Because, like the 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 early signs of this document docu series was that he's kind of getting slandered on these first two episodes. So um, I'm really curious to see how how that changes. And you know, Paxson obviously a bull's lifer did a bit to kind of back uh, Krauss up. And, you know, there were some nice things said about Krauss uh, by Steve Kerr and such, but um, th- they definitely built that narrative. You're right. And it, it's been continuing throughout. Uh, it was nice to see him do a little uh, jingle after the uh, first Bulls championship, though. The, the, definitely a happy yeah. moment. That was adorable. <laughs> yeah, that was kind of the first happy moment we've seen from him. Yeah, because the rest of it has been... Um, Basically, the evil uh, guy who sets up the Monstars in Space Jam. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's been good so far. And uh, it's it's just good to talk basketball content again, man, to be perfectly honest. As much as I love the talking head stuff and, and hearing things I haven't seen or the the lost footage or the unseen footage that we're seeing from practices and stuff like that. One of my favorite parts of this experience so far, I also love that they're doing two a week and they're doing it like on one night because it's just it's so much better to have the content week to week uh, focused on one day or one day after, because then it's it's in the conversation a lot more. You know, like imagine if these all 10 got released, like they just dropped them like a Netflix thing. I really don't think that people would be talking about it past maybe three weeks four weeks right i love that they're doing uh the two episodes a week it's it's a perfect five week kind of spread um are you a big fan of that or would you rather have them all 
all together at once. No, this generation has been spoiled by the uh, by the Netflix era, and um, to have it spread out over the course of a few weeks is keeping. I think it's keeping us semi-sane. It's one of it's one of these things, you know. You could throw in my Animal Crossing in there um, as like daily or weekly content that we could revisit. Um, it also gives you the ability to just maybe kind of revisit parts of it. Um, I. Uh, I, I ended up watching episode one and two, like in the middle of last week again, like I just rewatched them and was like, Oh yeah. Okay, good. And I feel like I'm going to do that again with three and four. I'm just going to fire up Netflix in the next two, three days and just rewatch them. Like, um, it's enough that, you know, it was a good solid watch live and I'm going to rewatch it kind of to just refresh myself and stay immersed in the product. Uh, I really like you support the whole two a week. It's it's it feels like the right amount. Totally. Yeah. Two good hours. Like that's that's a good reasonable sitting on the couch kind of thing and in back to back. This week was the first week that I watched it live with commercials. Um I did much prefer watching it on Netflix without any breaks, just because of the tone it kind of sets. It's it's really nice to kind of watch it 50 minutes through. But uh, you, you reminded me of what my initial point was going to be, is that um, I, I love hearing about all these these things that we've never heard of or um, the talking head, just opinions and stuff like that. But I just really love seeing the highlights right now. And um, like race has always known Michael Jordan is one of the best, if not the best player of all time. Right. Even I mean, he's in your kitchen. It, he better, he better be. A hundred percent, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, but, sh- but having having someone watch him and the highlights that I've seen a million times, beside me watching them for sometimes the first time, it's it's really cool to kind of get that perspective of again of like, not only was this guy extremely talented, but he he's a he is an A plus talent with. A plus um, uh, effort and and hard work, and then on top of that, it's A plus athletic ability, and I think that's something that's just kind of leapt off the TV for me. Is that this guy was flying through the air for years, and the hang time he would have not only on dunks but um, on jump shots. I mean, we saw the Craig Elo shot this week. Uh, we saw the the switch hands in mid air against the Lakers. He was just an athletic freak. And to pair that with his just insane, uh, maniacal hard work and effort every day and just his God-given talent, um, of course he's the best, greatest pl- basketball player of all time. I mean, like, it's just the, the, the unbelievable combination of those things. Um, it's just been such a treat to actually watch those clips um, each week now. Yeah, it's really revitalizing the whole uh, killer instinct narrative where like very few people kind of lived and died on that sword. Essentially, him and Kobe um, were the two most notable and the two ones who excelled the furthest. Um, And, you know, it's been a knock against LeBron that he doesn't have that, but it's just different strokes for different uh, folks. Like people reach greatness in different ways. And uh, the combination of things that we saw in MJ uh, I'm trying to say like everyone else did in the 90s. MJ? MJ. It, yeah, the <laughs> J, I picked on that too. <laughs> the J is accentuated and we're so not used to that. We're used to MJ. 
but uh, it's MJ. So, um, but yeah, the, the, the combination of things was just groundbreaking at the time and just seeing it now, like, like you said, the highlights, like I, I remember maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago on game of runs, you looked at me and said, it's like, you, you said on air to me, how many hours, how many actual hours of MJ playing basketball have you watched? And I was like, I don't know if I'm lucky, maybe 20, like, like full, like, you know, game footage and uh seeing seeing all these highlights sprinkled in like this dude you truly it, it helps back up the old head narrative really you you truly didn't get it unless you saw it um because man this guy was so dominant this guy's attention to the craft was unparalleled and i mean it paid off right he influenced multiple generations to come and he still continue uh continues to do such thing so um he he has the title of goat um i don't think he's given that up anytime soon uh regardless of how talented basketball players get just what he did at the time uh changed basketball forever and thankfully we get to relive it through six more episodes my man without a doubt it's uh i'm really looking forward to it something that um really reminded me did you did you ever see michael jordan to the backs like when you were a kid no i didn't oh man it's um it's actually really really good i remember going to uh, going to imax in portage place uh to go see it my dad took me there and um just an incredible movie but they they really did a great job in that movie um breaking down game sequences and something that the the last dance doc took exactly from them and i mean i don't know how they wouldn't be able to do this because it's a story that they have to tell um but the idea of uh michael jordan going to doug collins uh i guess it was mid his first ever game and saying i'm not gonna let you lose your first game yeah such an amazing story michael jordan to the max told that story so much better and it was there was better footage and there was just more of like this in-game stuff and i was kind of like yearning for that when i was watching this moment like during uh the last dance i was like oh man i didn't actually think the uh this imax movie would have done something better than than this but i really hope going forward we do we get more um in-game sequences and storytelling with that like uh i think it was uh it was uh, that 63-point game against the Celtics where they had Larry Bird talk about like uh, him coming off the screen for the game-winning shot and stuff like that. No, it was the Georgetown shot that uh, Patrick Ewing was talking about it and James Worthy was talking about it. Like I, I love hearing from multiple people from that same game talk about whether it's a certain play or a moment in the game and having like a bunch of different perspectives on one moment. I love that kind of storytelling. And uh, I think they did a really good job with that Georgetown shot. I wish they could have done a better job with uh, with uh, that first Doug Collins win. But I really hope going forward we get more of those sequences because it's it's really fun hearing from like I hope we hear from Malone and Stockton and stuff like that about uh, about the finals because or Byron Russell getting shoved because that like I love mixing that kind of storytelling with actual in-game footage. Hope we get more of that. Straight up, yeah. Um, when they when they actually drew out the triangle when Phil Jackson yes. was talking about it, there was yes. like it was like that little thing, right? So 
I, I'm totally with you. If they could get in a little more of the nitty gritty, uh, it's I think it's going to pay strides for what basketball was at the time and uh, give people a new appreciation. No doubt. No doubt. Uh, anything else on uh, Last Dance? Keep it coming, man. I, uh, yeah, I can be <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I am ready for episodes five and six. Uh, my body is ready. I am, uh, I'm definitely gearing up for that. But yeah, I'm just happy we have something to talk about, dude. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's always good to chop it up with you. But uh, yeah, something new and kind of, it's not groundbreaking because it's call, all kind of been, you know, hashed through. But um, it is, you know, th- this stuff has weight. This is amongst basketball lore this is the closest we get to mythical beings in the basketball world and um it's it's a great story being told so far so very excited no doubt man it, i sometimes i i'm a classic just big thinker in general like just big picture kind of thing and i i think about what we're going to feel about this moment years from now where we're we have this worldwide pandemic and the main piece of content that is bringing us through it is a Michael Jordan documentary. You know, (laughs) it's kind of, it's, it's kind of surreal. 22 year old content, baby. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll go for anything, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that's a really good perspective. That's a really good question. How are we going to see this years from now? Um, this is a generation defining an era defining situation that we're in uh quite the predicament we're in but uh if, if you want to call it that but yeah it's it's um it's hard to reflect in the moment um but all we could do is hey live the moment at the time and uh enjoy this documentary two episodes a week <laughs> so that's all we can do bro and uh yeah it's definitely excited for it um is there anything else oh um uh, anything else basketball related I, I just wanted to quickly uh, touch on uh, uh, Sabrina Ionescu getting drafted number one. Um, definitely excited to follow her because apparently she's like got a killer instinct. Um, and if if we do get a WNBA season, definitely she's going to be, I'm committing now, she's going to be the player I follow. She sounds like she's uh, she's one of those next up and coming stars in uh, in the women's game, which is awesome. Yeah, like they, I am really curious to see what they do with uh, with their season, what happens, because a lot of them go overseas like during the fall and winter. Right. The summer and spring. That's that's their time to shine. And they're obviously not getting that right now. So it'll be it'll be curious. I mean, it's like anything, right? Like where baseball might be the first sport to come back or what's football going to do? Like they, they did their draft. It's I mean, there's so many sports, but uh, the main WNBA season is, is happening or should be happening right now. So hopefully they get to play. True. Uh, hopefully we get all sports back very soon, but uh, yeah, we just can't bite the bullet. We, we can't uh, or jump the gun rather, I guess is the proper improper term. Um, just have to continue to be safe um hope for a vaccine don't don't plan on it and uh i don't know what the hell i'm talking about dude um i don't, I don't want sports back bro <laughs> yeah without a doubt no i i think uh i'm with you for sure and everyone uh listening's uh definitely with you mm. but yeah it was good good chatting with you man uh enjoy animal crossing is any anything else uh taking up your time right now or is uh that's the main focus 
oh dude my days are yoga animal crossing go downstairs make more coffee and then animal crossing again so absolutely not i am uh i'm a complete simp i've uh reorganized my shoe collection three times and you know what i think the fourth time might be the time that i'm fully content we'll see uh how about you how are you keeping busy quickly yeah kind of the same old man it's uh it's I, I'm officially like have time off from work right now. So it's a bunch of little projects I've had in my mind. Um, I think I'm back in on social media, man. We've talked a lot about on the social media on uh, on this podcast uh, yep. in the past. But I feel like now's now's the time I've wanted connection more than ever, you know. So um, and I'm starting to feel the value again of uh, just connecting with uh, with friends on social media. It doesn't have to be. The point doesn't have to be to get popular. It, it's it's literally just to connect with your friends. And I feel like I'm re I'm starting to understand that again. You know, that's a beautiful perspective. And also, hey, before we uh, before we close out, uh, a quick congratulations to my co-host Neil Noonan for uh, winning an award through I believe it was U Sport for your production on the Nationals volleyball video that almost. Uh, sorry, it was honored by Canada West uh, that in a weird way, tragically did not get to play live. I've I've had the pleasure of following your production from uh, grungy ass uh, overused slow-mo basketball highlight videos on Reddit um, to like high level production to be played in gyms for, you know, uh, hundreds of you sport Canada West fans and uh, your nationals videos just such a beautiful kind of like you know how you've evolved as a producer and um I, I thought it was spectacular and i just wanted to give you a quick shout out congratulations on air for your uh your hard work man because it clearly shows and uh i just wanted your perspective on like the weird tragedy of having one of your best videos or one of your most recognized videos not playing in front of fans like how did that feel First, I want to tell you that those NBA mixtapes were fire. And, uh, they were the fire. Of- I, I'm <laughs> downplaying them. They were absolutely fire. <laughs> it was so funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've come a long way since those. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't want to say tragic because like that, I think the, the boys actually not being able to play and so many different collegiate athletes not being able to fulfill their, their seasons is that's the tragedy. Like that, that really sucks. But very true. Good um, point. But uh, yeah, it is it is weird in a way that uh, a video that was meant to be played in house uh, won that award and then uh, not being able to actually play it. Like literally the day that it was supposed to be played was the day after the Gobert thing happened. It's it just all happened so fast and everything got everything in the world got canceled. But uh I don't know. I'm super grateful. It was, it was a super fun project to work on. And it's one of those things that has made me, I mean, it would have been this way anyways, but like I, that was one of the first videos that I really paid attention to short form storytelling. Like what's this, how can I tell 40 years into like a minute long video kind of thing while the whole point is to promote an event and get people to come and watch and stuff like that. And uh, well, watching this jo- yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Oh no. Well, it did its job as a as a non volleyball fan. Oh. You, you you had me hyped, dude. Like it, it it did a very good job 
laying the history in uh, 60 seconds and what yeah. that no doubt. I appreciate that. I, yeah. And that was, that was definitely the focus. So it's it, watching these, uh, like the last dance promos and even seeing how they put together things. Like it, it's definitely, I watch these kind of docs and sports docs cause I, it's, it's kind of just what I want to do with my life. Uh, I watch them in a different way. Like, so when we were talking about the producer or the director giving their interview subjects, the, the tablet and getting their reactions. I love that. I love that kind of thinking. Um, so hopefully trying to steal that going forward. But uh, yeah, I appreciate those those kind words, man. It's a it's a fun thing to get I get to spend my time doing. That's for sure. For sure, and that's uh, the nicest I'll be to all quarantine. So uh, enjoy the moment. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, but yeah, hey, good talking, who? And uh, can't wait for next week. Yeah, man, absolutely. I'm gonna tell Craig to leave now. <laughs> <laughs>